Welcome to the Voice of Many podcast show with Yolanda and Vanessa. Good evening, family, and thank you for joining us. Tonight, we're sharing the mic with Miss Christina Coleman. She is with us once more, and thank you for being with us, Christina. Good evening. Yeah. Good evening. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me again. Always a pleasure. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure having you. Um, listeners, tonight we're going to be talking about anxiety. And mm-hmm. doing so, Miss Christina, I'm going to let you take the mic from here. All right. Sounds good. Um, anxiety, right? I think that's the word we've heard a lot this, this uh, COVID, right, during this pandemic. Definitely. Um, so, you know, one of the things that I just I have discovered during this time is that we got to start looking at anxiety and in a different way. Um, and if we can start to change the way we view anxiety, it'll be easier to manage. Uh, so one thing that I have found is that anxiety is really kind of like that overprotective parent, right? Anxiety wants to protect you. And most people think that sounds insane, right? Um, but I'm going to tell you how. And if you think about when you feel the most anxious, right? Anxiety is usually telling you what not to do, right? Um, kind of like a parent, right? Don't cross the street. Don't do this. Don't do that, right? And using a fear-based approach. You shouldn't move forward because something bad is going to happen, right? right. If you look at anxiety as that, as a parent, it's a little bit easier to manage, right? Because then you start to think anxiety is on my side. But the only issue is that it protects us to a fault because it will actually protect you from things that could be in your benefit, right? Public speaking, meeting a new friend, socializing, which is huge right now with the pandemic. People are so fearful of socializing. Some people haven't even forgotten how to socialize because we've been isolated for so long. True. That's so true. So So what I tell some of my clients that I see is to personify anxiety, right? Give it a color. Give it a name, give it a sex, give it, you know, give it whatever you can to make it more approachable. Because once you say, well, anxiety is, you know, a 70-year-old, sweet, young, um, older woman who wants to protect me, it's a little easier to deal with versus versus the monster that we see it to be. So true. So true. And then, like you say, a lot of times we have fear when Mm -hmm. it's really to protect us. It is. Right. I don't want you to get hurt. Right. If you you walk into the front of a room and your first thought is, oh, my God, I don't want to trip. Oh, my God. What if they laugh? Right. That's what anxiety kicks in and it tells us. Right. Everything is going to go bad. One thing that we have to understand about anxiety is that it only lives in the present. Right. Mm -hmm. It fears what is yet to come. If you think about a situation where maybe you were anxious about public speaking and then you finally get to public speaking. Usually, you're either your anxiety will die down in the minute in the process while you're doing it, and that anxiety switches to nerves. Right? It's okay to be nervous while I'm doing something. I could be nervous while I'm on a roller coaster, but not necessarily anxious. Right? Anxiety lives in that that future. It's kind of like the ghost of what is yet to come. Mm. Right? Because once you do it, you're not that anxious about it anymore. Oh, I, I've already written a bike for the first time. I've already driven a car for the first time, right? Now you may be nervous that, oh God, you know, maybe I'm not driving perfect or, oh God, you know, something in, in that nature, but it's very present based, 
right? I'm in the car driving. I don't know if I'm driving good enough. It's very present versus before you even get your license. Oh God, what if I fail? What if this? What if that? Anxiety really takes on a what if approach. Mm. So what you want to do to deal with that, anxiety will always naturally create the worst case scenario. Very easily. You won't have to think about it. You won't have to. (laughs) Right? It's so natural, right? (laughs) You don't got to think about it, right? If you can think of any situation right now, and if you struggle with anxiety, your mind in 2.2 seconds could come up with the worst thing that could happen. Very easily. No effort. What we have to do is then create the best case scenario for ourselves. Right? Um, So if you say, you know what? I'm uh, I'm scared to ride the bike. Worst case scenario, anxiety will say, yep, because you're going to fall. Don't get on that bike. Best case scenario is that, you know what? I, I get on top of the bike. I'm, you know, speeding down the hill. I'm an expert, right? That, and the, those are both possible outcomes, right? Anxiety doesn't lie to us with the things that it creates. They're all possible, but unlikely. Same thing with best case scenario. Possible, but unlikely. What we have to do find that middle ground mm. after you create that best case you gotta hit it with a middle ground middle case scenario with the bike is that i get on the bike and i don't fall right that's most likely to happen mm-hmm. and then if you can offer that excuse to anxiety it starts to die down a little bit it's like a parent that goes okay all right now you gotta kind of you know start talking to anxiety say wait wait wait, hold on what about let's try it like this let's try it like this right just give me a chance to try it what happens is oftentimes, once we get that fear break, fear-based approach, we accept that as an answer. And then we decide not to move forward, not to do anything. Right? Anxiety will always say, don't move, don't, don't do blink, don't do anything, stay still, mm-hmm. which often results in depression. Uh, yes. Right? Is that we feel unfulfilled, we feel unaccomplished. I always tell my patients, anxiety and depression are best friends. They're the two best friends you do not want to meet. Because they will work, they work hand in hand. If you give into your anxiety, right? So our best thing is not to give into it, but to always find a middle case scenario because life doesn't seem that scary anymore, right? This is not to say that you can't have anxiety. It's not to say you can't be fearful or nervous, but you do have to understand the way the brain works when it comes to anxiety. Don't do anything because I want to protect you. Right. And that sounds really good when you say that. You say, oh, thank you so much. Well, right. But then you, <laughs> well, right? And you, you brought up, you know, really good points. Once they come together, you have that mm-hmm. resistance factor yeah. to, because you have the anxiety saying, oh, no, you know, stop. You're going to fall or, mm-hmm. you know, you may mess up. And then you have depression that also is the what ifs, the shoulda, coulda, woulda. Mm-hmm. And yep. I told you so, you know, depression yeah. is the, I told you so stage. I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. All of these negative thoughts that follow. Yeah. Right. Nobody loves me, but it's not that nobody loves you. You didn't reach out. Right. Because you were anxious. You thought people would reject you. Right. And then those other thoughts kick in. No one loves me. That's not the case. Right. It's just that maybe you didn't initiate the conversation. Right? Or people aren't home. Anxiety will not allow you to try anything, even if it will result in your benefit. And that's when you look at anxiety that way, you kind of can have an appreciation for it because there are times when anxiety will protect you. 
Mm -hmm. Right. It will. Right. I, I would never say there aren't times you need to listen and say, okay, you know what, anxiety, and I can't create that middle case scenario, or I really can't create best case scenario here. Most likely I need to listen to what anxiety is telling me. Maybe I don't need to cross the street in this moment. Maybe I shouldn't ride my bike that fast down the hill, right? Because I don't know what's down there. And you know what? Riding my bike that fast, there's not really that great of an outcome. That sounds dangerous, mm -hmm. right? So there are moments when anxiety will protect you. The hardest part is deciphering. So coming up with best case and middle case scenario, that is how you can kind of get anxiety to relax and you to move forward. I like how you broke that down too. Mm -hmm. um, being able to decipher the middle case and the best case. Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of times whenever we're at that point where the anxiety starts coming in, we panic. Yeah. And being able to take a step back and just say, hey, let me take a full view of this picture and see exactly what it is it's trying to show me. And like yes. I say, is it to protect me? Is it, you know, to to say no, now is not the right time. Take a second mm -hmm. look. You know, we really have to pay attention to what it is saying. Right, right. You can never dismiss it, right? It's one thing I would always, anxiety doesn't lie, right? It's likely, it's, I'm sorry, it's unlikely that it will happen, but it can happen. Mm -hmm. Right, absolutely. If I get on this bike, I could fall, right? But you know what? I may just be okay. Mm -hmm. Right. And, yet, and like a parent, right. When our parents tell us things, don't do that. Don't they use a fear-based approach. Yes. Right. And either yes. we take it for face value or we say we compromise. Right. Hey ma, can I go to that sleepover? No, you can't go. Something's going to happen. Wait, but wait, I'll call you when I get there. I'll call you at night. Right. You can speak to this person's parent. We, we kind of do that compromising thing. Well, but for some reason with anxiety, we struggle. Well, how as parents, how can we avoid um, ways of letting the anxiety set in on our kids? What are there any keywords or things that we should do to try and prevent it from being so upfront? Absolutely. I think one of the, the best things that we can do as parents is to really eliminate a fear-based approach. Right? Most of the times when we tell our children not to do something, we use a fear-based approach and we actually don't put the positive or give an explanation, a real explanation for why not, right? It's just, don't do that. Don't do that. You're going to get hurt. But we don't take the time to actually examine with our kids the who, what, when, why, where. Why do you want to go to that sleepover, mm -hmm. right? Okay, your friends will be there. Well, let's talk about the possible outcomes, right? Let's see how we can come to a middle ground. Right, you tend to see um, anxious children when sometimes that that middle ground is not found with the parent. Where we want to explore it, let's explore it, right? So you either have the child who says, "You know what? I'm gonna go do it behind their back," but the whole time they're anxious about what they're doing, mm -hmm. right? They're like, "Oh my god, what if I get caught? What if this? What if that?" Anxiety is all about the what if, right? Mm -hmm. So by you just saying no to your child and really not giving that explanation, exploring the those who, what, when, why questions you're naturally creating a sense of anxiousness for your child mm -hmm. because they feel like they can't talk to you. Right? When we feel anxious, we want to process. We want to talk to people, right? Nobody wants to kind of deal with it on their own in their head. They want to talk about it. Yeah, that communication. Like there are people who do a, right, you want to talk, you know? 
there are people who avoid it, but usually that avoidance is the ones who don't create middle or best case scenario and let anxiety kind of disenable them. That's so true. Right. So you want to be able, that's what you got to do with your kids is talk about it, right? Because we're seeing kids younger than ever struggling with anxiety, Mm. right? Especially after this pandemic, they don't know what to expect, right? So if you're displaying anxiety, anxiousness, it's only natural for your kids to then, right? It's not, let's sit down and both talk about what are we feeling, right? Because a lot of children don't know how to explain I'm feeling anxious. What is that? What does that word even mean? I'm feeling anxious, right? You know, you can be silly and, okay, do you have your jelly beans in your stomach, right? You know, try to be fun with it um, and give it more of a friendly character, right? You get, as I said, personify anxiety. How easier, how good does it feel to say, you know, I have a guardian who protects me, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that doesn't sound too bad, right? I'll take one of those, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right? That's, yes. I'll take one, you know, give me a protector. Mm-hmm. Give me someone who cares enough about me. So true. So right? True. And that I trust because anxiety doesn't lie. So I trust anxiety. But the issue is now I got to trust myself and compromise. Mm-hmm. Let me go do that because it's going to result in my benefit. And I I know I didn't do it at the very beginning, but if you will, um, tell our listeners a little bit about you and your profession so they will understand where all of this good information is coming from. Yes, thank you. So I have... Um, been in foster care, child welfare for over 12 years. So I have a lot of experience working with youth, children, um, young adults. Uh, but also in addition to that, I also do um, therapy, private practice. Um, and if they ever need to find me, you can find me at youaremore.online. That is my website. So I do take clients. Um, and what I, what I have done really is specialize in is a, using an intergenerational approach model which really works for African-Americans to address some of the, the trauma, intergenerational trauma that has occurred, um, but not limited to. Mm. But I do, and also anxiety, of course, as I speak so lovely about it. Yes. I will give it its respect today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So true. Well, I tell you, this is awesome because I would like for you to come back later. Yeah. Um, we can possibly elaborate a little bit more on anxiety, but also too, um, a lot of you, I know you have anxiety over COVID. Remember mm-hmm. that life goes on. You, we cannot continue to live in a shell or in a bubble, but make sure you also are protecting yourself as well as others. Um, as yeah. far as vaccination, face covering, hand washing, just please, um, Take the steps that are needed to get back out there, but do it sensibly and and safe. You know, this COVID caused a lot of anxiety um, to come about for each and every one of us. And so we have to work together in order to be able to move on to the next step. So, Miss Christina, thank you so much for coming, sharing the mic with me this evening. Thank you. I appreciate it. And to our listeners, if you have a suggestion or question, please feel free to reach out to us. We're going to have Miss Christina Coleman's information for you as well. And we look forward to having you back and listening and growing with us. We have to hope to talk to you all later and have a wonderful, wonderful night. <music>